Thank you for tuning into Can You Talk Mental Health. Today I'm joined with a very special featured guest, Mr. Lawrence Malloy. Lawrence enjoys writing, reading, listening to various genres of music, and having a red glass of wine from time to time. Lawrence is a huge advocate for historically black colleges and universities, as well as LGBTQ rights, women's rights, and social justice. Mr. Malloy is the host of The Malloy Show, the host of The Purpose of It All, and the co-host of The Tea on Peachtree. So I want all of my Can You Talk Mental Health viewers to give a warm welcome to Mr. Lawrence Malloy. Well, you guys, I'm so excited to finally have Mr. Lawrence Malloy in the building. Woo, woo, woo. We have anticipated this collab for so long, you guys. <laughs> so we're just going to get straight into it. And so today, you guys, we will be talking about identity crisis of multiracial Americans. And so Mr. Lawrence Malloy, speaking on behalf of our multiracial Americans, just for my own curiosity, what does being multiracial in America mean to you? It's a beautiful blend. Um, I, I say that it, it's a challenge sometimes culturally because it's like, uh, it's always like you're being pulled different directions, but it's beautiful. Like we do have a um, race crisis here in America. And it's just like, when you put two ethnic backgrounds together that historically has had so many challenges, it's like us, the byproducts of putting those two together is such a beautiful thing. Right, and then especially in a society where that wasn't encouraged to see so many integrations today in society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you. I am a little biased, being that I'm also multiracial, but I would definitely agree, you know, just seeing those integrations is a beautiful thing. And so with society just kind of shaping our ideologies, you know, back in history when it wasn't, you know, something that would have been favorable, how do you feel that society influences our identities as far as in being multiracial? Well, I feel like everything is um, everything is a little bit more appreciated and celebrated nowadays. But you literally see us in all aspects now um, in terms of TV, radio, music, and whatnot, art. And I um, I like the fact that uh, multiracialism. I don't know if that's a word, but uh, it's encouraged. Mm-hmm. It's not shied upon or it's not shunned or anything it's literally like it's appreciated right and so just like with today just being that we have so much versatility you know originally you know we just started integrating i would say on a micro scale i just wonder how you feel being that you are multiracial and just you know with myself growing up i feel like people are very curious when they see someone who's multiracial so they always want to know like what is your nationality so how do you feel growing up being asked like in terms like i'm just going to put it straight to you guys people always used to ask me and still to this day they'll just be like what are you Disney Channel. Uh-huh. White girl, it wasn't Miley Cyrus. Her name was Liz. Liz McGuire? Lizzie McGuire. So how does that feel as multiracial American being asked, like, what are you? How does that feel? So it's interesting because some days it's like, yeah, it's nice to be hard to figure out because everyone tries to put you in boxes. And mm-hmm. I feel like as a multiracial individual, it's like we cannot be checked in um, multiple boxes. Um, I just feel like uh, the days that you don't have an identity mm-hmm. is like hurtful. 
Yeah. Because it's like everybody comes up to you and try to figure you out. For me, everyone thinks that I'm Asian or AAPI or uh, Hispanic. Sometimes, like, I'll get people coming up um, and hola and me amigo and whatnot. I'm just like, oh my gosh. I opened up the door for a mom and her child one time and they just spoke full Spanish. And I was like, I don't know. It's Estoy Espanol. I'm trying to learn. But it's like any given day, I can get a different identity. Mm -hmm. And I have to remind my mother because my father isn't here no more. I have to just um, remind her of how uh, not challenging, but judgmental society is. Because it's like when you are with your mom, it's like, is are those children really hers? Mm. And I like I feel bad for her, so I put myself in my mom's shoes all the time as a multiracial individual and I try to continuously remind her that I never forget about my partial identity uh, in regards to her. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like as children, we're just always monitoring our parents. So I feel like growing up, you know, speaking from my own experience as a multiracial American, like you can kind of see those prejudices towards your own parents just as a child because you are multiracial. So I feel like that's definitely, I can agree with you, just that you want to make sure that your parents know that you're proud of that heritage. And you also see like the deficits on both sides where it can be prejudiced from, you know, both parties. I'm just curious because it's the same for me as well. I feel like when you have, you're just like a mixing pot and people are trying to figure out it's like every single day. Um, I'm like either Ethiopian or I'm like East Indian or I'm Mexican. So does that offend you when someone comes up to you and they just assume your nationality? It is because it's like, I don't want to like step on toes of other cultures because Mm -hmm. if you misidentify me, it's like, I have no earthly idea. I can't really relate. No, I, I will say everyone is beautiful in their own regards and whatnot. And I'm not saying that it's bad to be compared to them because it's not, but I don't know their culture. Mm-hmm. So when somebody misidentifies me with them, it's like, wait a minute, I have to correct you right off the bat because no, I'm not that. And you have to be culturally sensitive all the time because you're being misidentified. So it's a waging war. Yeah. It's like, damn, like, I'm black and white. And it's just like, but what are you? There's something else. And I'm just like, no, my mom is white. My dad is black. Mm -hmm. And they're always like, no, there has to be something else in there. And I'm just like, what? Like, it's crazy. Like, how can we not just be ourselves? I feel like that's why we kind of struggle with the identity crisis that we see. Um, I know, like, growing up is being that you do struggle with that heritage where it's like, hey, you know, at home you can see this harmonious relationship, but in society it feels like you kind of have to pick or choose a side. It is it's for sure challenging. And so just navigating that, have you ever felt like you were alienated from a particular ethnic group? It's interesting because literally I went to an HBCU undergrad and I feel like I am more culturally in tune with my black side versus white side. Like when I go around my white family it members, it's just like, um, 
it is crazy because they're not I feel like having this conversation with my mom all the time is like you don't understand the privilege that you have just because of the color of your skin mm. and my family members try to break it down in another form I'm like there's no other breaking down you don't we don't get to walk out in America and be the same person like uh, and have the same privilege is what I be the same person and have the same privilege. Like, my mother will go out and she may not get an eye turn or anything. Like, I, I remember when, going to uh, Daytona for her birthday, like, two years ago. And it was me, her, and my stepfather. And literally, it was a pin drop when we walked into the restaurant. That is very, very uncomfortable. And my mom was like, well, what's the problem? And I'm just like, mom, you do realize, like... We are the only group in here of Hello, color. Yeah. And she was like, sometimes she doesn't see her privilege. Mm -hmm. And I have to remind her. Mm -hmm. And that's such an uneasy conversation still to this day. Yeah. So, yeah. I've experienced that as well. Um, similarly, and I feel like it was the same where it's kind of hard for even though we have similar heritage and are a byproduct that they don't understand that we also are influenced and affected by just going out in society being that we have african-american heritage so i've experienced that as well like trying to have those conversations just letting them know like even though i'm a byproduct it is a very different scale between you and i if you go out versus if i go out even though you know when people see us they're going to see African-American regardless. So yeah. it doesn't really, you know, it's, it is a very difficult conversation. So. It is. It's like, and then when you get around, so going to an HBCU undergrad, it's almost like my family at college, it's like, I just came back from homecoming. It was a beautiful time. But when I go out and I, like, get integrated with uh, black America is like sometimes people say that I'm not black enough and mm -hmm. that is very very hurtful I'm just like I am very culturally aware mm -hmm. and I'm very culturally sensitive because it's like I went to an HBCU and I literally got acclimated with um, black culture and whatnot and everything and it's just like when I go out in society and I'm told I'm not black enough it's just like okay what is being black enough mm -hmm. so yeah but i feel like even just like generally speaking for just being african-american in society i feel like there's so many labels on what that is like there as a personality as you know <laughs> just mannerisms there's so many stereotypes placed on that so even the marginalizations in the african-american community and then a byproduct being multiracial so i'm just curious you kind of spoke on it do you feel like there's stereotypes placed on multiracial americans yes it's like it's good stereotypes and it's bad stereotypes so i used to like i i enjoyed going to the barbershop and getting my hair cut and whatnot but the thing is is i would be I would walk in and I would feel so out of place because I particularly only got my hair cut by black barbers. Now I've transitioned now to this age and I have a, a barber of a different race and culture. And it feels good to move out of that environment because one of the things that people never understood is like why 
not be celebrated, but why is it that you're only looking at my features and celebrating that versus celebrating me as a person? Yeah. So it's like, uh, as multiracial individuals, we're always like growing up, people would always touch your hair or, or figure out your skin, why it looks so good and whatnot. I'm like, I'm me as a person, like, mm-hmm. and just stop celebrating all of my physical, personal attributes and just get to know me for who I am. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's something that probably multiple multiracial individuals have experienced because people just are so curious by that byproduct of like what are you so they're like investigating in those features like no like get your <laughs> hands i had one of the most awkward situations at work um a couple of years ago this lady who happens to be a white lady um definitely a karen if you want to say she was like she did like this and like, like touched your face yeah and she was like do you wear makeup i said no She's like, your skin is so perfect. And I'm like, why are you touching me? Why, why are you touching me? Like, you're weird. Yeah. Like, and I, um, I corrected her. I said, no, I actually washed my face. <laughs> so, and it was so bad because we were busy and we, and she did it in the middle of the show. And I didn't want to like be offensive towards her, but she just touched me out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. First off, I don't know where your hands been and please stop wondering if this is makeup no it's called great skin regimen so yeah especially with the hair i've always like people hesitate to touch your hair like they want to ask but they just like go to grab and then hesitate like please don't touch my hair like your nasty hands (laughs) please and so just um throughout your journey and since you did mention that you went to hbcu how have you maintained self-care despite challenges that you face as a multiracial American? Um, a purchase in a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> so some self-care is um, just like investing in yourself? Investigating where I come from, like, it's, it's great having multifaceted, like, parts of you. Mm-hmm. And celebrating those parts of you that makes up full individual but I I joke about the mirror because literally I bought a mirror like two years ago mm-hmm. and I never used to have a mirror in my room but I did that so therefore I can look at myself every morning and night and be like okay it's us mm. against the world like when you walk out of this room when you walk out of this house please be prepared for how cruel the world is like you got to be strong. You have to be um, faithful in who you are and be faithful in your walk every single day. And that's the talk that I have with myself. I like the little uh, messages on the mirror and whatnot mm-hmm. because it's like you just you got to be ready for what the world presents you every day. It's not easy. Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah. So just like, is the mirror a way of like giving yourself affirmations or is it just like giving you that here and now, that presence? It allows me to be my biggest cheerleader Mm. because I get to see myself and it's like not speaking egotistically, but it's like when I struggle to see what other people see, I look back at myself in the mirror, I'm like, 
oh my gosh, you are handsome. Like, you are this, you are that. And it's like those self-affirmations prepare me for any day, mm-hmm. any moment, any situation. Yeah. So. And then also, like you said, it's something you do at nighttime. So just yes. getting yourself in that mind before you go to bed. That's amazing. I love that. And it's like at night, it's like, oh my gosh, we made it through another day. Yeah. That's awesome. Now let's go to bed and rest. Right. So. And then when you wake up, it's just it's like there. habitual. Yeah. So have you noticed a change in like the self-appreciation that you have for yourself in the two years? Because you said you bought the mirror two years ago. Yes. I used to sabotage myself. And I actually moved from taking a lot of pictures mm-hmm. to like just doing a lot of self-care regimens at home, self-affirmations and whatnot. And um, I don't have to need to take as many selfies anymore because it used to be like selfie that selfie that selfie that and i'm like stop stop living in your phone and live in the moment yeah like this little thing right here is just a device yeah you got to be present with yourself so absolutely and uh, just channeling those um outside you know influences just helps you be your best self Mm -hmm. awesome and so i just want to thank you so much for coming on with us today and just in closing this i just wanted to ask you if there's any advice because uh can you talk mental health was created for our youth um just for them to have a platform of realism in modern society And so is there any advice that you would give anyone listening who may be younger, just channeling and just going through those barriers of identity crisis as a multiracial um, American? Is there any advice that you would give them? Be present with yourself. Like, love on you. It's hard, but when you self-sabotage yourself, you don't give a chance to others to see your beauty because it's like, People can see your insecurities. Whether or not you try to dress it up like everything else, you got to be present with yourself. You have to love yourself before anybody else can. And it took me 30 years to figure that the hell out. Yeah. So, I, you can't put a time on um, really getting yourself together because I feel like every day presents a new opportunity and a new challenge and you have to just continue to know who you are. Mm-hmm. So therefore, people cannot come in and, and do damage to you mm-hmm. because you are, you come in this world alone, you start every day alone, you go to bed alone, you leave this world alone. And once you are present with yourself, life will be figured out by then. So I um, I used to put so much uh, emphasis on being in a relationship and having to do this and having somebody by my side. And I was like, no, we're going to start taking trips by ourselves. We're going to start doing this by ourselves. I'm not in a relationship. People see this ring and they think I'm married. I'm not. Um, I used to be. This is a ring from my mother. So I'm just like sitting with myself and being present with myself every day is a hell of a journey, but it's so nice. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's my advice. Be present with yourself always. Yeah.
And I think that goes a long way just as this conversation reflects to multiracial Americans because it is a difficult avenue to navigate just growing up being multiracial. So I feel like once you do lock in with your inner self, it is a much more peaceful journey. Just knowing who you are, you don't have those prejudices or stereotypes that affect you. They may still be placed on you, but you don't have to allow them to affect you or control who you identify with. So thank you for that advice today. Absolutely. And I just want to thank you guys so much to Can You Talk Mental Health viewers for sitting with me and Mr. Lawrence Malloy. Oh, thank and you. Having this much needed conversation. And as always, I hope that you guys find clarity in your unseen battles. Thank you so much for tuning in to Can You Talk Mental Health. Can I talk to you soon? <laughs>